Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Adam Riggs about remote work and persistent virtual space in 2023. Adam Riggs, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from the Washington, D.C. area. I am south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about remote work and persistent virtual space in 2023 and beyond. I think uh, we all know during the pandemic, uh, so many organizations had to pivot very quickly to virtual and or hybrid work. Uh, and many organizations have tried to pull people back into the office since then, uh, but many have really learned to uh, embrace the virtual environment. Uh, many workers want to stay virtual or at least hybrid. Uh, and so I think many organizations continue to grapple with this. And as I look into the future, obviously I don't have a crystal ball, but as I think about the trends even preceding the pandemic, certainly since the pandemic as, as it launched us further into the space and looking at five, 10 years plus down the road, I mean, I don't see that this is going away. I think it's only going to become more prevalent. Um, so anyways, this is what we're going to be talking about together today and what that looks like and some of the things that your company does uh, in dealing with virtual uh, spaces. Uh, as we get started, I wanted to just briefly introduce Adam and then invite Adam to share anything else about himself. Adam Riggs is the former president and CFO of Shutterstock from 2005-2010 and current founder and CEO of Frameable. And I would love to hear a little bit more about what Frameable is and what you do. Uh, anything else you would also like to add just by way of your background or personal context before we dive on in? That's fine. Okay, cool. Well, why don't you start with Frameable? Uh, tell us a little bit more about um, what you're doing there at Frameable, uh, the need uh, that you're in the gap that you're filling uh, for your clients and customers, and then we'll dive on into talking about virtual work more uh, generally. Absolutely. Thank you for the question. Um, so Frameable exists to to improve the way people are able to collaborate, uh, you know, when they're not physically with the, you know, their colleagues. So, you know, we we are here to build software products and deliver products that make it more fun, more engaging, more efficient, you know, with all the texture of in-person interactions, but for the, um, but for the distributed team. Uh, we, we know, you know, we hear a lot the, the expression uh, remote work and uh, work from home. Um, I think 
I'm developing a bit of a preference for distributed work as the main term. I think, you know, home is one of the locations that distributed work happens from, uh, but also, uh, you know, a company that has five locations that has people at each location that are working closely with one another, they are really engaged in distributed work as well. So we um, happy to talk about the, the specific work from home, uh, you know, case, but uh, I think distributed work is bigger than work from home. So we can, you know, we can explore either of those, the bigger one or the smaller one. But, uh, you know, what you said about it not going away is absolutely true. All the, all the data that, uh, that's available, that's, you know, large sample size survey data about um, the number of full-time workdays that are unfolding from, a, from an offsite location. It's uh, went from less than 5% in 2019 spiked up to low 60% during the pandemic. And now it's, uh, it's asymptotically um, hanging around 30% and it's not going down. I think that's really the evidence that um, people, people just uh, are expecting a different kind of arrangement now with their employers. They want one day a week, two days a week, three days a week um, of flexibility. And they've shown that they can do their work. Yeah, yeah. And that's still the argument that uh, some are making in terms of trying to bring people back to the office is that they're saying, well, you can't do your work. You can't be as effective. Uh, we yeah. can't collaborate as well. And and those sorts of arguments. But honestly, I, I, I'm not seeing it. Like, I, I, I feel like that's just a, a personal preference of maybe senior leadership in an organization who wants people mm-hmm. to come back. That's how they like to work. Um, but generally speaking, I don't, I don't, I don't see the evidence for that, I think most evidence shows that most people have learned how to work quite effectively um, in a distributed fashion, whether it's at home or in a sprinter van, you know, parked mm-hmm. at the beach or, you know, whatever kind of scenario we might be thinking about. Um, and yeah, more and more employees, more and more workers are just demanding that kind of flexibility in those types of accommodations, at least somewhat, at least in a hybrid mm-hmm. fashion, right? Yeah. Well, I, I might just gently... Uh... I might just gently disagree with a part of what you said. Like, I, I believe that there are um, some good reasons to have people physically together. And uh, those are not served by the current remote work uh, stack, we'll say. Like the software that people use to facilitate their distributed work um, was never really meant to fully replace uh, the office environment. So I think that when leaders are saying, look, we really want you to come back to the office or we want you to come back to the office more, they're not necessarily doing that just from a personal preference point of view. I think a lot of them are making a rational decision uh, based on a very incomplete set of uh, of uh, resources and possibilities. Like they, uh, It is true that certain kinds of work um, are more easily facilitated. Certain kinds of interactions are more easily facilitated uh, in person. And one of the things about the way most people work remotely um, is that it's extremely deliberate. So like many of the interactions that you have with other people have to start with uh, a very deliberate, a very um, sort of sometimes dramatic uh, action, send you a calendar invitation, or I have to do a bunch of typing in in a text chat thread, uh, or I send an email, or there are a number of emails back and forth. And a lot of these interactions, if you're in a physical office together, are replaced with, um, you know, with a back and forth rhythm and a type of back and forth, which is a lot more organic and a lot more natural, Uh, not in every case. So 
so what we want to do as a company, what Frameable wants to do is bring a lot of those types of interactions to the distributed workforce. So um, we're basically saying, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with managing a calendar. There's nothing wrong with having scheduled meetings, but it's not natural and it's not sustainable to have a full day of scheduled meetings every single day, day after day, and have that be your remote work experience. So our technology makes it easy to have spontaneous uh, or very lightweight interactions either in between or potentially instead of uh, all of that scheduled, uh, all of those scheduled slots. And, um, and that's what we do. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's certain types of work that are, are better facilitated that way. As you said, with the current stack, with the current technologies that are being utilized largely in most organizations, but so much of the work that so many people do uh, doesn't, need that all the time. Uh, they might, yeah. it might be useful sometimes, but not necessarily all the time. Um, and I do think that it ignores the, the reality that there are, there are new stacks, there are new, uh, technologies, there are new software systems. There are, there are just like yours and others yeah. that are helping us to do this better. And it yeah. will only get better and better and better as time goes on. Um, yeah. So where we're where we're at today is so much better than it was three years ago. And where we're, we'll be at in five years, I suspect we'll just be light years ahead of where we're at today in terms of how we can do distributed work, virtual work uh, in yeah. more authentic, genuine, collaborative ways. Yeah, yeah, the pre the pressure from the workforce is is unmistakable. Uh, you know, sur the survey data that I've seen recently uh, indicates that people are willing to take a seven eight percent pay cut in order to, uh, in other words, uh, they're willing to trade seven to eight percent of their income uh, for a hybrid schedule of you know two or three days remote. Uh, that might not work for every business, but the point is people not, it's not just that they want it. They're, they're actually willing to pay for it in a way. Um, and, uh, and the data is also clear that people are happier. Uh, they're, they are more productive if it's done right. Uh, the company gets to save on real estate, you know, right size their real estate commitments. Um, if that's, if there's an opportunity to do that with the way leases line up, et cetera, that's another bonus and, uh, and better results, um, on DEI and you know inclusion efforts, um, so there's there's just a lot to really like about uh, a hybrid approach that's done correctly. I think we will be in a better place in five years than we are now. But I think the larger companies in the U.S. you know they they need to demand this evolution in the product stack. So you know there was a time when video boxes like the one I'm using next to other video boxes, like the one you're using, um, was a remarkable technical feat. That's not true anymore. I mean, this is old technology. It's wonderful that it works in the browser. It's, it's what we should be asking is, what's the technology out there now? Maybe it can be bolted on to existing tech, or maybe it's you know a very lightweight integration or something, but you know what's the technology that's out there now, driven by great design, get, driven by people who are really focused on the right problems, that that help us take a step forward because if if the big companies uh, if they're if they're committed to just the tools they have you know what they're going to see over the next few quarters and over the next few years is that 
they're going to get a reputation for not leaning into this and they're going to have a tough time competing for talent. Wonderful that it's reliable, um, but it was not meant to supply the, the full spectrum of, of interactions uh, that a physical office supplies. And so the question that the big company, you know, maybe not every company needs to worry about that. Maybe in every industry, there are one or two companies where their brand is so strong that they can get away with doing less. But I think overall, it's going to be a competitive advantage to lean into it and to, uh, and to really be a smart shopper and to look at the tech that's out there and just, just try to just try things, you know, uh, low risk things that are going to make a difference for how people can work when they're not physically together. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And so the technological piece, uh, is, is super important on all of this, but there's also a skill set, I think a competency set, um, that needs to be developed in managers and leaders at large, um, yeah. to be able to better work with distributed teams. Um, because when you're together physically in person, uh, the, the old model of just kind of like making the rounds, walking around the mm -hmm. office space, kind of just checking in and having those, those live interactions with people, even in subtle, uh, informal ways that goes away. Your ability to yeah. monitor people, I suppose in some yeah. ways could go up depending on the technology you're using, but we don't want yeah. to be big brother either. And so it's just right. like the informal monitoring that goes away. Um, what, what do you see as some of the, the different types of skills or competencies that are needed from effective leaders as we move into, as we lean further into this distributed and virtual kind of world? Emotional intelligence is, is, is going to help in ev almost every job, you know, uh, the ability to really deeply listen to someone and also the, you know, the understanding of uh, how to spot the moments in the calendar or the moments in the schedule where reaching out is going to, you know, potentially be well received. I mean, you have to work harder to create those moments. So therefore, you need to make even more out of them when they happen. Um, going back to one of the things you said before the question, though, I think it's a, it's a good, um, is a good point for us to stay on a minute, which is it's, it's not necessarily, I mean, it's not a given that serendipitous interactions cannot be a part of distributed work, you know, uh, and that's part of what our technology uh, explores. And we're not the only people out there who who know that there's something more to be done. Uh, I think it's going to depend, you know, the the success, our success and the success of others, uh, and just overall the evolution of this video software uh, with video at its core, not required. People aren't necessarily on video all the time, but like the overall evolution of the tool set really depends on the quality of the design and the focus on the problem. If the problem is, um, how can I monitor? I need to monitor what everybody's doing. If that's how you see the problem, then you're going to come up with solutions like every five minutes, I want people to enter a code that says what project they're working on. Or, you know, at the end of every day, people aren't allowed to leave unless they write 100 words on what they did, et cetera. So if, if that's how you see the problem, then certain solutions, maybe those, maybe others are going to, are going to, you know, possibly appeal to you. If, if you state the problem differently, then different solutions are going to uh, reveal themselves. If the, if the problem statement is, how can we get distrib distributed team members, how can we get 
them to enjoy uh, a higher degree of visibility and potentially availability, but not availability all day long, but more visibility and potentially more availability in a non-disruptive way so that uh, these spontaneous uh, moments, which are often very brief but very important, we can bring those to distributed work. If that's the problem statement, you're going to come up with a whole different set of solutions. So this is why I keep going back to the leadership for the, you know, for the larger consumers of this technology, which is basically everyone now. It's, it's treated as a piece of critical infrastructure. So everyone really is a stakeholder here. And, um, and I think based on the type of business you run, and based on the kinds of interactions you want to support, the full spectrum with texture and you know keeping the the fun. I mean, no one no one thinks it's fun to commute to work, but many people think thinks many people think it's fun to be at work with a committed group of colleagues who are trying to do something hard and trying to do it together because they couldn't do it alone. I mean, that is fun. So everybody needs to focus on how can we bring that to the distributed you know, to the distributed model. And it's going to be a combination of managers need to, you know, evolve how they manage the technology companies need to evolve their products and the leadership need, need to um, stop jumping up and down and saying everybody back five days a week, as you pointed out, and need to be a bit more flexible and, uh, and a bit more open to, you know, controlled experiments and measuring, you know, what happens. Yeah, I completely agree. And and again, it speaks to the combination of the utilization of technologies that can help us facilitate more meaningful, yeah. organic types of regular interactions. Uh, it also takes uh, a leader who's willing to maybe set aside uh, their old approach. Uh, and I get it. Like if if you've if you've worked uh, in your industry and you, you have a long successful career and you've been in leadership for a long time and you have a certain style and you've always done things a certain way. Yeah. And that, that involves people being face to face. I get it. That's going to be yeah. disruptive for you. It's going to be uncomfortable for you. Um, but <laughs> just but, like everyone else, we have to be able to pivot. We have to be able to yeah. adapt. And, yeah. and, and just like, you know, a generation or two ago, the the top down command control kind of an approach towards leadership was much more dominant. Over time, mm -hmm. it's it's moved more towards you know collaborative teams and empowerment yeah. and employee engagement and those sorts of things. This is just another shift. Like we're moving away yeah. from the tight control, like butts and seats. Who's who's you know in their office you know, from X hour to X hour, like it distributed work. Isn't just about not being physically in the office. It's also about, you know, not just flexibility in terms of geographic location, but flexibility in terms of uh, scheduling and time of day. And like when you're working on stuff, like people like the flexibility um, to be able to, to meet the needs of their family or, you know, their community, their neighborhood uh, and do really cool work. And sometimes that requires synchronous collaborative activities and sometimes yeah. it doesn't. And so yeah. giving people that opportunity is just really important. It, it requires you as a leader to let go of some control, uh, to be comfortable with letting go of some of that control. Uh, but I think that generally speaking, whether you're face-to-face -face or distributed, hybrid, remote, whatever configuration, I, I think the more effective leaders are the ones who are willing to 
engender trust within their teams and let go of control and empower their people, right? Yeah, agreed. As we move into the last few minutes together, uh, I'm just wondering if there's anything else you would like to share uh, with me or the audience about your particular uh, technology and Mm -hmm. framework for helping with this uh, Mm -hmm. and how this can be, you know, one of perhaps many tools and options that are available to people as they're trying to figure out how to do this more effectively. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So um, our our company makes uh, two related products. that that um, that I think are worth describing. So uh, we have a virtual event product that's for virtual events uh, and hybrid events that have a um, you know and all events follow this. They have a beginning and an end. They have an agenda or a run of show of some kind, a set of objectives, uh, but they are finite. And then um, we have a related product which is called Spaces. Frameable is the company name, and Spaces is the product name which is this persistent virtual space where uh, people can do work uh, of all different kinds. They can be students studying. We have universities uh, who, who, um, who use it this way. Uh, we have um, businesses that use it this way you know, for, for offices. So many different uh, applications. It's not industry specific, uh, but the exciting thing is that um, it delivers a reliable, beautiful virtual space where it's not driven by an entertainment objective. It doesn't look like a video game at all. I think I I wanted to say that because I think a lot of people, when they hear the words virtual office and they think about what they've seen over the last couple of years, a lot of the teams that have tried to, to bring something like this out have produced something which is very entertain, entertainy. That's not a word, but, you know, entertainment driven. And I think the, the problem with that from our perspective is that, um, you know, we don't think that it's our goal to create the, enter, the energy for engagement for our user. We believe that if we give them an environment where they can easily collaborate when they want to, work alone when they want to, et cetera, that the energy will come from the work itself. So in other words, we don't have to turn work into a game. We need to create a beautiful space where people can do what they need to do. And if it's alone, they can do it alone. If it's together, they can do it together. So um, the reason why I mentioned the event uh, side of our business is because this is a unique uh, advantage for us in the marketplace is that we support so many events of so many different types and sizes that we have a, a huge reservoir of learnings, high level as well as all the way to the you know user interface um, it, that that help us you know design a better product because we have a lot of experience watching and listening to customers describe the kinds of interactions that they're comfortable with in various circumstances and why certain features and certain types of uh, certain design choices are gonna work well for them or not work well for them. So the DNA of our virtual office product spaces is very similar, almost like identical twin level similar to the event business and nobody else has the event business to drive that um, unique set of insights. So that's why when you come to our website and you look at the Spaces product, you will be 
immediately impressed with how clean and modern it looks, uh, how minimalist it looks. It's like, it's not meant to entertain you. It's meant to help you do what you need to do. And uh, it's almost like transparent technology. Uh, last thing I want to mention is that um, we know that we can't really expect people to, to switch where they get their video boxes from. We are, um, we are very focused on uh, in integration with Microsoft Teams. We're going to be rolling that out soon. Uh, this is important to us because, you know, we know that, th again, this is critical infrastructure for large companies. If they're already committed to Teams, then they're only going to be interested in what we do if there's an integration. So we have that integration on the way and, uh, and you know, Zoom and WebEx and other technologies that we might integrate with behind that, that will be, you know, maybe for later this year. But um, but we're trying to meet people where they are. Adam, this has just been a really great conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time to meet with me and share all of this with me and my audience. Before we wrap things up, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you and your team. And then give us the final word on the topic for today. Thank you. Thank you, John. Uh, so uh, www.frameable.com. F-R-A-M-E-A-B-L-E, -E, like a picture frame, frameable.com. And then under products, we have, two, we have two products there. We have spaces and we have the event side. Um, there's plenty of ways to you know, book a demo or drop us a note. We, we have social media handles on all the major social media platforms. And we would love to hear from people about what they're loving, what they're missing, and what they need. Um, distributed work is here to stay, whether it happens uh, at a small office from one small office to another, or whether it happens from a from a small office to a house or a big office to a house. I mean, these are just these are configurations that we need to support as employers, um, and that's true for small businesses, and it's also true for the largest companies in America. And um, it's it's really the ball's in their court. If they if they embrace it, they will develop a competitive advantage, which will be very difficult to take away. If they if they look down or look away, um, somebody else will. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you, Adam. And it's been a pleasure. I encourage the audience to reach out and get connected, find out more about what Adam and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.